0: Hey, I'm John Ellis, and this is episode three of Cows Not Cow. How to make your networking really work. The show designed to take you from zero to hero in the business networking world. I've said this before. I am by no means a confident networking practitioner. In fact, the, the first couple of times I attended networking events, I was quite reticent, maybe a bit distrusting of the entire process, to be honest. So if that's roughly where you are right now, I get it. And that's why you should stick around. Think of me as your representative, and then we can sort of be one over together. For that to happen, we will need an expert's help. Someone who practices what they preach and for whom networking has more than helped pay the bills. In addition to making friends, sourcing leads and intel, helping others and a whole host of other benefits that we'll find out about over the course of this series of podcasts. It's the man responsible for our show from Aberdeen Business Network, Andrew Smith. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. Good to see you again. Now, this is our third episode. I gave you the chance to back out, but more fool you, you came back for more. Uh, And by this stage, episode three, we're working on an assumption, which is this, that if you're listening to this, you're invested enough in the concept, the potential benefits of networking, that you're here to learn best practice for giving it a go. Now, if you stumbled across this for the first time right now, please make sure to go back to the beginning at some stage and have a proper binge. In episode one, we dealt in depth with why All the pros of networking outweigh any cons and any reservations you might have about networking in the first place. Episode two was all about the importance of pre-planning, pre-event, so you're good to go from the off, including a tip for sourcing an all-important document. Find out what that is, plus Andrew's other hints in episode two. You'll find our complete back catalogue online. Search Cows Not Cow on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Whilst you're there, please remember to rate, and review us. You can also hit subscribe as well, and that way you'll get the show delivered every week to your device as soon as it comes out. Just click subscribe. That's cows, not cow. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. So now for episode three, we've looked at planning before the event. We're clued up. We're good to go. This episode deals with stepping into the venue or twiddling your thumbs in that virtual waiting room, holding on for the host to admit you. So you're online in your little box, one of a screen full of faces. Here we go with a section on during the event. So what are the kind of things that we're going to cover here, Andrew?
1: Five different areas. uh, Making the right start for any event. Crucially, how to to join, how to start conversations. Good networking questions to ask. uh, The art of pitching. And then how to politely leave conversations.
0: You know, it strikes me uh, a lot of this is kind of down to being well-mannered, displaying a a good sort of networking etiquette, a netiquette, if you like. and have that one for free. Um, So let's start making the right start. Don't survey the room and then haphazardly fall down the flight of stairs you missed. Mind you, that is a tick in the memorable box. I'll give you that. Um, Making the right start, Andrew, what have you got on that?
1: Okay. Again, from having seen some of our delegates in, in action over the years, uh, and then also hearing where they feel that they've, that they've not got it right. I think it's almost sort of pre-event would be, be the first thing to cover. But if you have concerns about uh, an event that you're going to where you don't know anybody else that's, uh, that's there, or just some overall nerves about networking, if you find out, whether it's via the delegate list or otherwise, you find out if somebody else that you do know that is going to the event, there is nothing wrong at all with going to the event with them or meeting them outside or meeting them as soon as you as soon as you go in. If that's going to give a little bit more um, confidence, give you a chance to relax, that there's at least one familiar face in the room, then I would always recommend, recommend looking at that. Sometimes that won't be the case, but sometimes it it will be the case.
0: If you go in with someone else, do you then stick with them for the entire time and kind of like tag team the room? Or do you split up once you've gone in?
1: There's there's no need to to sort of to, to split up straight away but at some point I would recommend it. That, that example of if, if you're going in with somebody that you know, and that's great, somebody to chat to, you relax, uh, and you would hope that they might then introduce you to somebody else that, that they know, and then someone else joins the, joins the conversation. But you will be you know, limited you know, if you stick with them and them only during the event. And you'll because you know them, you'll probably slip into the trap of spending a lot of time just talking to them if nobody else is there. So good for getting going with the event and into the event, but definitely not for the, the whole of the event.
0: Okay. What else do you have?
1: Slowing down. It's uh, something we've seen, I suppose that ties into the, you know, that the cow's not cow story.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: very often we've seen delicates in the coming and, and it can be nerves or it can be that there are quite a few people coming into register at the same time. But if we go in an event and we're in a racing hurry and we go in and we grab maybe a Douglas badge and off we go, we've missed a chance not just to, to slow ourselves down, relax, take a breath, but also there could be some, you know, sort of instructions, a form, you know, format event, something to expect. Uh, the organiser may, you know, have somebody they'd like us to introduce, introduce us to, have some questions to ask us. They might want to put us at ease. So wherever possible, take your time, you know, when you come into the event and try and slow things down, listen to what the event organiser is, is saying before you then go into the, into the room.
0: And does that translate for the idea of an online meeting as well? I mean, I know that's slightly different, but it's kind of where we are in the world just now. Everyone's admitted to a waiting room and then in, in they get. What happens? Any different etiquette there?
1: No, I, I do think, although, you know, that... we're covering is aimed at in-person events so many of the principles you know will apply for the the virtual events as well and yes it's remembering it's the the event organizers responsibility to you know to run the event and it is okay to come into a virtual event you know and to be on mute and to wait you know for the organizer then to, to start the event or they may have said in advance you know it's okay then to you know start the conversation but again we don't have to rush in we don't have to do everything. In the first two minutes of what could be a one or two or three hour networking event.
0: Okay, Uh, next up, now on a dance floor, uh, I guess this would kind of be called a gentleman's excuse me, the art of cutting in, uh, joining a conversation, or equally delicate, starting a conversation. Loads of folk are frightened at the prospect of either, so so what's best practice here?
1: Yeah, I I do believe from from our experience it is the, the number one sort of fear scenario and I completely understand why that would go in room full of people in conversations. We're on our own. we don't spot anybody we know, haven't seen anybody we know from the delegate listing or what, what on earth happens next, but there are some things to, uh, to, to help with that. I'm not going to take nerves away completely, but to reduce the nerves, there is a process to follow. One of the first things to do is to look up, you know, it is very sort of tempting to look down, look at a delegate list, look at our phones, And we've got to be really careful with that because if we look down at our phones and everybody looks around at us, we're given the message of saying, no, I'm interested in my phone. I'm not interested in you. So we need to be careful with that no matter how nervous we are. One way around it as well too, if there are no familiar faces, is to head for the coffee station. You know, if there's teas, coffees, water at the the thing and to head there, we'll be getting into conversation. We might want to have something to to drink. And quite often that can then lead to, to conversation with somebody else there. But a key thing very much is is body language. Our own body language, you know, is trying to to take breaths, to look up, you know, to try and and put shoulders back and be open to conversation. But to look for that in others, you know, if we look and see a group where it's quite clear they're opening up a little bit, some physical space, somebody's making eye contact, somebody's smiling, then the chances are that's going to be a good place to go and start with the very first conversation. I think body language is key, but secondary to that is is group side. Uh, and, John, you've been asking me so many questions. I'm, I'm just going to have to turn it on you. It's just the kind of mood that I'm, that I'm in today. Oh, dear. But if you imagine that, that you were going into an event yeah. and you saw one person on their own or a group of two or a group of three or a group of four plus,
0: yep. where would you head to? I'm going straight to number one. I'm, I'm going to the, the person that's on their own. That's me. Yeah, I'm going to go and do that. Why? Uh, because if they're not chatting to anyone, then it's easier to to go across and chat to them, um, and not not because I'm scared of groups, but because it's easier to open a conversation with someone who's not talking, than it is to open a conversation with a people a group of people who already are. That's my answer. Yes,
1: yes absolutely. You know, if in doubt, pounce on a one. If you see somebody else <laughs> they're in the same boat as you, they're looking for a pal, and that's where to head for. And quite often they exist at events. Might be at the coffee station, but one is good. Two twos, we need to be careful. If it's two people where they've kind of opened up and there's a little bit of space and they're looking outward, that's fine. But if it's two that are deep in conversation, they might know each other well. They're going into a lot of detail. Then that's probably best avoided. You'll get a little bit of a shock, rightly or wrongly. You'll get a shock if you try to join them. Threes can be good, you know, because it can go then in a conversation of, of four. There might be one person that's not really in the conversation. They're happy to be joined. And that can happen, of course, with four or more. But I understand it can be quite intimidating, you know, if somebody then goes to a group of four or five or six. But it always comes back to if you see somebody on their own and you want to start conversations, that's where to go. And if not a one, look out for a three. But body language always jumps that. If people are making space, somebody's smiling, giving you eye contact, chances are you made a good start there.
0: Quick follow-up on that question, Andrew. And this one is assuming that maybe I'm a little bit more um, experienced in the networking world, let's say. And this one is assuming I've done my prep, I know who's in the room and who I'd like to speak to. If I see one of those people when I walk in, do I go straight across or do I sort of circle my prey like a great white shark?
1: (laughs) I think I think neither. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I, I would recommend. He could do both these things, but I would recommend asking the event organizer. Uh, you know, if you've you know if you've paid for that event, then you know, say to the event organizer, "Say I am really wanting to speak to to this lady and to this gentleman. Can you please make introductions?" And it just makes it less of a shock for the person that you're, that you're approaching. Uh, and it's just a, a gentler, and like to be a more effective opening if the organizer does that does that for you. I do believe strongly if, if you've paid to go to an event, then you're quite entitled, yeah, to ask the organizer for more than just the event. You can ask them to help you help you with introductions.
0: Do you yourself have a, a sort of tried and tested method for how you work your way around an event like that?
1: I. I There are two different things I always try and do if I'm attending events of uh, network events of other organizations. The delegate list is key. You know, that's why we've talked before about getting the delegate list in advance. And I will always have a look through that. And there will be some people I I would like to speak to. Now, it could be an existing contact that struggles to get each other on on the phone. Or it could be somebody that I've heard about really want to speak to. Someone that I know that's a client of a client of ours. Uh, so I will have some, tar- you know, some some targets for want of a better expression uh, that I would like to, to speak with. So I've got that going on, but at the same time, I'm always open to a conversation with anyone, because we never know, you know, in which direction that conversation is going to go until we've had it. So we'll have to be open to that. But I believe that effective networking within that, there's certain people that I want to speak to. So I'd like to make a point of. If I know them already, I would go up to them myself. If I didn't know them, I would ask the organiser. Other delegate that I knew, you know, I might say, you know, do you know Joe Bloggs? Yes, yeah, he's over there. I've to him earlier. Would you like to speak to him? Yeah, could you, could you introduce us? So a combination of that, that yeah, that, that being more specific, but also being open to any conversation at any time. And I also get reassurance when I go to a networking event, if I see somebody that I know early on, and I would probably start off with, you know, start off speaking to them, I get networking event nerves like everybody else. They're probably quite low and I'm used to it and I know what to do. I know what to do next, but I still get the nerves and a familiar face to start with. Helps me too.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, I, I know that some people, like with anything, will be um, more natural at the idea of networking or going to a networking event. But is there a stage whereby you've done a few of them where, more or less, the behavior within the networking event itself kind of becomes second nature, that you reach a, a sort of level where you are relatively comfortable?
1: Yes, I believe that is the case because we've worked with so many networkers over the years where they've seen them go through that journey. And there are two different factors there. One's exactly what you talked about, that they've got more comfortable, they've got more comfortable with their style and they got more comfortable with the style while networking. Uh, and that means that they then relax into events. They'll still be nervous, but it's not nearly as daunting. The second factor is the more networking that we all do, then the more familiar faces we're going to see, which makes us that bit more comfortable again. So I don't want to fall in the trap of saying, you know, the more you do, the easier it gets, but the more you do it, <laughs> the easier it gets, <laughs> and the more people that you know as well. Which means that you relax and can enjoy it more as well. So these these two factors do play a part.
0: Now here's another one which often leaves people struggling or, or flummoxed. Um, what are good networking questions to ask? I would suggest something along the lines of: Is that a mole? It's probably not not the way to go. So what are the good networking questions to ask, Andrew? It's
1: unless you're a, a mole only networking event underground, (laughs) then I'd probably stay off the the mold topic. Uh, It's keeping it simple. I'm sometimes asked, you know, what should I ask? And what kind of, what are the the great questions, the killer questions? The reality is keep it simple. Um, It don't need to be complicated questions. Plus, imagine a scenario where you just met somebody for the first time and all of a sudden they ask you a long and complex question. You're not at that stage yet. It is okay you know, to be saying things that start of a conversation like, uh, is the, the first time you've been to this event? What do you think about these events? Why do you come here? Do you know a lot of people in the, in the room? Uh, was it, did you have to travel far to, to get here today? Uh, have you been busy today? What's keeping you busy just now? But often it just simply starts off like, what is it you do? I mean, that's probably one of the most common networking questions. It's a business networking event, say, so what is it you do? What I would encourage people is to remember your know, open and closed questions. You know, if someone's going to get a you know, short answer, yes or, or a no answer, then you've kind of got to be ready then as to what you're going to ask next. The example I like to use for that is if you say to, you know, if you ask somebody, say, have you been busy today? and say, yes. Oh, well, that's it, it's closed. And if you then say, well, what is keeping you busy just now? Uh, the chance to go a little bit more detail. People like the chance to, others showing interest in the chance to talk about themselves as well. But build up to that. If it's the more mundane, you know, uh, have you been to this venue before? What do you think? Uh, you know, what do you think of these events? They take you a long time to get here. The weather. All these things are are fine, and it's all building rapport. Um, but build up to the, the the more detailed questions. Start off with the simple ones.
0: The way that I've always looked at this, it's the same way I treat working on the radio when I'm doing that. You want to make a connection, be relatable, have the other person think, oh, yeah, me too, as you're chatting, whether it's about TV reaching you lows with a mass singer, which you watch despite yourself, or, or the fact it rains on all our heads. Am I, am I working along the right lines, Andrew? Yes.
1: And it isn't, I believe, although we may be asking the question, what is it you do? That And that is work. What we're trying to do is develop rapport. It is a conversation between two or three or four human beings. And in the same way, away from a work environment, away from a networking environment, we develop rapport. Just when we chat and you answer a question and say, but what about you? Or you say, yeah, I was thinking that too. Or, yeah, we've got four inches of snow out here. What about you guys? You know, it's that developing rapport. It's not complicated very often isn't anything to to do with work. And as conversations develop, relationships develop faster and more effectively when we're actually not talking about work. Mm. If the relationship develops, there's plenty of time to talk about work, but don't think that work is the quickest way to develop a good working relationship. It's not.
0: Okay, here's another biggie, the art of pitching. Take me through the, uh, the do's and don'ts of that one, please.
1: Number one, it's to keep it short. Heard a lot of great pitches over the years. And unless you're in an event where as part of the format is you have a pitch of a particular time, be that 30 seconds, minute, two minutes. Then if you're in more open, general, ebb and flow networking, then you need to shorten your pitch into very short blocks. Reasons for that, first of all, people's attention spans. Certainly, a conversation could be joined by anyone at, at any time at all. And that's why I think the really short but stuff is good. And I also believe if you can, it's trying to grab attention at the, at the start. Um, when, when I'm asked, you know, what is, it, what is it you do? I don't talk about the range of different services that, that we provide. I say we help companies win more business or we help people win more business. And I hope that the other person will say, how do you do that then? then I get a shorter answer again. So I would instead encourage listeners to break the pitch down into a series of different statements. And if it's five, six different things, knowing you may not get as far as the fifth or the sixth one, so try and make it memorable and what the benefit is from the outset.
0: And finally, um, how to politely leave a conversation. Presumably that's if you decide, you know, this one isn't taking you anywhere. Um, how do you, How do you go about that?
1: To be really clear it's not rude to lead to end a networking conversation. We just have to do it just have to do it right. If a conversation has has run has run its course, unless also it's a, it's a two hour event and we're aware we've been talking with the same person for for half an hour, that isn't a good use of our, of our time. And if we want to go into more detail, we can always arrange to, you know, to have a, a chat on, it on a one-on-one basis afterwards. But it's, it's, yeah, it is being, you know, not being rude about it at all, because we want to leave, it, you know, a good impression you know, of ourselves or our business or organisation. What I would, would encourage is pick the right time, you know, not when somebody's come up with a punchline of a, of a terrific joke, but pick the right time and just to say, thank you for your, you know, for your time. Do you have a business card? Or thank you for your, you know, for your, your time today. I'm sure you're keen to do more networking as you know as I am. Do you have a do you have a card? And just to bring things to, to an end, there. What not to do as well? Uh, I know one or two fall this trap over the years. Is to say, you know, I'm going for a, I'm going for a coffee uh, and then not go for a coffee, or say I'm going to the toilet and then not go to the toilet. Uh, that that's not good. If if you feel the conversation coming in, any other networker will understand. You're not there to speak to one person. You're there to speak to multiple people. So politely, when you feel that it's run its its course. And if somebody says that to you, I've had it said to me, that's okay because there are other people to to speak with and we can always follow up.
0: Okay. Uh, You mentioned business cards there. And I, I know that you've mentioned business cards in previous programs that we've done as well. You go in with like a you know a box full of cards, presumably. Do, do you aim to hand out as many as you can and hand them to everybody that you speak to?
1: No, no. And I will always try to have business cards with me. And over the years, with quite a few, it happens to us all some of the time, say, oh no, I've forgotten my business cards. You're going to be annoyed at yourself, but that doesn't matter because your card isn't nearly as important as their card. So if you're speaking with somebody, then crucially, yeah, you would like to get their card. You've got their contact details. If you're going to follow up and get in touch, that's fine. Uh, A networking event is never about dishing out a heap of business cards, and that's not effectiveness. That is quantity rather than quality. Getting somebody else's card, following up with them developing the relationship that's when you're developing the quality contacts.
0: Glad I asked that now. Okay, so those are our elements. Just summarize for me, if you can, Andrew, the the during networking checklist, if you like. Recap the quick uh, takeaway points for me, please. Yeah, no
1: problem at all. It's it's making the right stats, whether that's meeting somebody you know before or at the start of the event, slowing things down, trying to have a chance to, to speak to the event organizer. And then when you go into the event, it's then taking time, not looking at your phone and looking up in the room to see where you're going to start conversations. The joining and the starting conversations, then very often it does start with, do you mind if I, if I join you? You know, hi, I'm John Mills, you shake hands. And then keeping the, the questions, you know, pretty light to start off with and then trying to, to build rapport. The good networking questions to ask, it, it's showing interest, you know, in others, you know, giving them a chance to talk about themselves, trying to find common ground, trying to develop rapport. For the art of pitching, it's always remembering to keep it short. The long company mission statement, history, propaganda, that does not work. Keep answers short. Try and get somebody else's interest. So if the conversation joins at any time, they'll remember you and they'll have a reason to remember you. And finally, that it's okay to leave conversations as long as we do them politely. Be respectful of of the other person as well. And if either party feels the conversation is running its course, it's okay to say, thanks for your time. Do you have a business card? Enjoy the rest of the networking event. I hope we get the
0: chance to speak soon. That's some tips for it during an event, which we hope have uh, helped a little. What are we moving on to next time, Andrew? I'm, I'm going to
1: go into a little bit more detail. I've touched on some of them today, but more uh, event situations or scenarios uh, and some do's and don'ts You know from the most commonly asked, the frequently asked networking event questions that we've had over the years, and just to take time to go into these uh, scenarios in case they are feared, either uh, by somebody for a future event or that's been the reality for for some networkers.
0: I'm John Ellis. Thanks for joining us today for Cow's Not Cow: How to Make Your Networking Really Work. If you found this useful please rate and recommend us and please subscribe on apple or wherever you get your podcasts and that way uh, you'll get us every week with all the good stuff the hints and the tips for free exactly what you want when you need it and if you'd like to find out more about andrew the art of networking or the networking scene in aberdeen and scotland check out abnworks.co.uk for some more networking blog tips that's abnworks And you'll find Andrew on LinkedIn as well, where he's always happy to make new connections and chat about people's networking questions, experiences, and challenges. Search Andrew Smith from Aberdeen Business Network on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.